This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Thanks for listening to Go Talk with a Go Talk. I just tried to record this episode and I was driving in my truck. And, uh, my battery on my recorder gave out, so I have nothing from the first recording. So I'm gonna try it again. It's kind of a bummer. I don't, I don't know when the battery died, but it did. So note to self, I should pay attention to what my battery level is. Uh, this episode, I think I'm probably going to break this into a couple, a two-parter maybe. Um, the This is, I'm recording this in September and I learned this week that September is Animal Pain Awareness Month and this is like an international um thing to to be aware of like pain in animals and I think it's really interesting and it's a really interesting concept in in all of my patients large and small animal species pain awareness and pain management is something that I really like really gets me going really something I'm passionate about so I'm gonna talk about it uh, I'm going to talk about it in general, like I, us- I usually tend to do. We're going to talk about, like, the physiology of pain a little bit um, and how that all works. Why, like, in a physiologic way, why should you care about pain? Um, not even from, like, a compassionate point where we are, like, sympathetic empathetic beings where we like don't like to see things in pain um humans or other animals like it's not in general people you know don't they're not like woohoo that thing's in pain love it (laughs) um so I'm going to talk about like the physiology of that too um and I'm going to talk about different ways that pain can be managed, uh, medications, things like that, alternative therapies, um, and that kind of stuff. Like I said, probably, it might turn into a two-parter because I'm feeling like when I get these episodes into uh, much longer than a half hour, it's a, little, it's a little long for me, so maybe it's a little long for you guys. Let me know either way what you think. Uh, If you have any questions about any of this stuff or any other stuff in general, always feel free to email me. My email is goat.cara at gmail.com. You can find the website, which is goat underscore, sorry, goatdoc.com, and there is a contact tab on the website. And I just started to try to give you my Twitter, which, or not, wow, I'm like, not having my mouth coordinate to my brain this morning. Um, my Instagram is at go underscore doc. So you can find me on there where I like to share things and pictures and, uh, cases and whatnot. 
post Instagram stories about my goats. Uh, recently, I started a Patreon page for the podcast. So Patreon is a way that you can, if you are so inclined, monetarily contribute to the podcast to help me pay for like hosting and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Because uh, as everything in life, things cost money. Um, so if you uh, want to contribute like a dollar a month, that is um, appreciated to help uh, carry this stuff on. There's other like appreciation gifts on the on the Patreon. You can check that out at Patreon.com/slash/GoatDoc. If you other things you can do to help support the podcast, if you can take a second to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice, that helps the computer machine bump up the podcast in the search results so more people can find it and if you can share the podcast with a friend who likes goats that is also awesome uh, to help get the word out promote the goat I think that is all of the housekeeping type stuff for this morning and I'm gonna get into it as always, this podcast is provided with the intent to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice or veterinary care provided by your local vet. And I strongly encourage you to establish and maintain a VCPR, veterinary and client-patient relationship with your local vet. So I'm going to start by talking about pain in general um, and awareness of pain. Uh, pain is an interesting thing to talk about because as humans, we talk, like we tend to talk a lot um, and that's how we communicate and we don't necessarily, you have to like train yourself to be attuned to how your animals may or may not communicate with you. Um, in a pain, in a painful situation with humans, we just are like, oh, ouch, that hurt or we scream or we cry and we indicate the thing that hurts. Animals, less so. So I'm going to talk about that kind of stuff in a second, but I'm going to start with, like, just pain in general. But it, the communication part of it is kind of important and interesting because when when you start to, like, be like, what is pain? It's one of those things that we all kind of intuitively understand as humans. Um, we learn the word for when things hurt when we're very small, and then we can communicate that to each other. And we have things like the hospital has the pain scale from 1 to 10, where 1 is your fine and 10 is most excruciating, agonizing pain ever. And where are you on that pain scale? So we have ways to talk about it and we have tools to help us communicate to each other what kind of pain is occurring um, but when you take all of those things away it's like what what is pain and you try to explain it it's like trying to explain like an analogy that I thought of is like it's trying to explain colors to someone who has been blind since birth if there's no context for pain like if you um if there was someone out there who like didn't feel pain and I think that is like a medical thing um just like absence or decreased pain response 
like how do you how do you talk about that how do you communicate about that you gotta have like context for understanding it so at the base of it pain is like a nervous system response to some kind of stimulus and usually we would describe that stimulus as a noxious stimulus which is like a bad stimulus something this is the thing where you like to to describe trying to define the word by using the word a painful stimulus something that is the opposite of pleasurable um, the opposite of comfortable something that you would like for it to stop is something that is painful. I mean, there's probably other ways to define it too. I should look it up, um, like what the dictionary definition of pain is. But at the core of it, it's like that nervous system response to some kind of negative stimulus. And from an evolutionary and biology perspective, those are like a pain stimulus is a good survival tactic because pain typically involves cell death or trauma or something that is to be avoided either because it can directly inhibit the vital life processes of the organism or if it doesn't do that it may like inhibit the creature's ability to do important life processes or may provide an opportunity for um, something like infection or something like that to really impede the life processes of the animal and also like energy from the animal to like grow and survive needs to be diverted to healing. So number of reasons that like a pain response is a good thing in terms of just survival of the individual, survival of the species. So what is happening? Like there's a painful stimulus. We kind of divide pain into into two areas, acute pain and chronic pain. And acute pain is like you hit your thumb with a hammer and it hurts and you stop. Um, you don't. You try to not hit your thumb with a hammer again, um, or you break a bone and you try to not break a bone again. You try to like the inclination is to maybe like try to stabilize that bone so it doesn't move around and then the pain stops or you know at least lessens over time. Uh, so those like trauma is probably your typical acute pain situation. The other, the other aspect of pain is chronic pain, and that is more challenging. And that's like I said, the pain management is something that totally gets me excited, and I love problem solving it and trying to figure out what works for my patients in terms of chronic, chron- typically chronic pain. Um, an acute pain is a stimulus that happens and it's done. And if you listen to my episode on castration, I talked about like the difference between a surgical castration or like I, you may know that I like to do a, a burdizo castration in goats like clamping uh, versus banding. And why I like to do it that way is because the difference between acute pain and chronic pain. Uh, the 
the acute pain is something happens, it's over, there's probably inflammation after, or there's like probably like the vast majority of the time there's inflammation after and that can be painful but we can help manage those things in an easier and different way than chronic pain because the acute pain the stimulus occurs it's over there's maybe a little bit of aftermath inflammation swelling all of these things but a chronic pain the stimulus doesn't go away so in the castration example banding is a more chronic pain you put that band on there and it's on there for weeks so it's like how how long is that painful for that animal and we have data to back up some of these things now like and i'm going to talk about that in a second (laughs) um but like what why is pain a negative thing um Part of pain in animals and something that I find challenging as a vet in communicating with clients and observing their animals is, has to do a lot with that, uh, the thing that I started talking about kind of at the beginning, which was that as humans, we can communicate when something is painful and animals do not have that ability so we need to observe them and be able to understand what they're telling us when they're not saying oh hey I my I busted my knee up and it hurts or oh hey I'm having some indigestion and my abdomen hurts and it's very uncomfortable or, oh, hey, I can't pee, and that's very uncomfortable, and it's a problem. So being the like, Animal Pain Awareness Month, being aware of what animals are telling you with their behavior is a huge part of animal pain management and, like, just being aware of what they do. Um because animals communicate this differently than people do. They don't have a pain scale. They can't take, goats can't take their hoof and point out, like, oh, I'm at a six right now in my abdomen. Like, it's just not how it works. It would make my job a whole lot easier, but then maybe my job would be a lot less relevant. Um, animal behaviors definitely vary from species to, species to species when they are exhibiting pain and uh, how, how do we know? This, I kind of, I guess, to some extent group my domestic species patients into a couple of categories in my head, which would be like predators and prey. So like your typical dog and cat more falls on the predator side of that grouping and goats cows horses those animals are all more on the prey side and they also put in there like a lot of poultry like chickens um what else 
any any like usually your large herbivores are prey species and they tend to behave in a similar way so the, the in general these two groupings of animals exhibit pain in different ways the first thing that i think about when i'm trying to evaluate patients for pain is behavior uh, you know what is normal for your animal you are with your animal daily most likely observing what is normal behavior for it abnormal behaviors include like isolating laying down not moving all of those things to me can indicate pain and discomfort so something's something's wrong that animal is not comfortable um I'm going to, I guess, focus on, like, the prey species thing because that's what goats are. And I think it, to some extent, uh, people may be better at determining if their dog or cat is in pain. Uh, Cats are, like, so good at hiding pain and it can be very subtle and you don't know until the pain response or pain stimulus is taken away that that animal was maybe in pain. Uh, But... Like, you know, the dog is limping. It's in pain. That's like, you know, the dog isn't limping for fun. The dog isn't limping just because uh, it's limping because it's in pain. I have, there's many times that I've had an owner bring in a dog and say, oh, he's limping, but I don't think he's in pain. And it's a that's a an interesting conversation for me because then I'm like, well, why is he limping then if he's not in pain? So, um, I, he because he can't say, oh, my knee hurts. Like you know, there's animals do things for a reason generally. Like they're good at hiding things because that's a good survival tactic. But in general. That like they don't they're really bad at lying I guess is a, is a way to say it in fact you could say incapable um, but anyway I'm, I'm kind off on a little bit of a tangent here so I'm going to kind of bring it back to the goats um, prey animals and evaluating pain is certainly different and more challenging because prey animals tend to be herd animals to begin with so they're in a group of animals and like their survival tactic is to like not um you know not be the low man on the totem pole not be the one that's picked off by the predator because the predators look at a group of animals and they're not going to go after the biggest strongest one they're going to go after the one that's weak and lagging behind and having a difficult time survival of the fittest and all of that so prey animals are really really good and it makes it makes my job harder and it makes it more difficult for owners that uh, especially owners that are new to having animals prey animals goats cows horses uh, goats in particular um, sheep too really probably sheep even more so than goats depending on this the breed and how they were raised they 
the sheep or goats are in a group, in a flock, in a herd, and they want to blend into that herd because safety in numbers and they don't want to be that straggler that can be picked off by the large carnivore predator. So what that does as far as their behavior is that it makes them really good at hiding minor issues, pain, discomfort, disease, until they get to a point where it's really bad. And I think this is why people sometimes perceive goats and maybe vets that don't see a lot of goats sometimes perceive goats as very delicate or looking for creative ways to die because they hide it until it's too late and then there's not a lot you can do so some subtle things that like you may observe in your goats to determine whether they're in pain or not um, can be helpful like things that uh I, I will keep an eye on my goats if, for example, they're isolating. If that animal is normally uh, participating in the herd and hanging out with certain friends and then the next morning all of a sudden she's standing over in the corner, I am wondering why. What happened? Is she ill? Is she painful? Something changed. Um, my husband and I have noticed over the years of raising goats that we are goats at least and that this is I, I don't have a scientific basis for this this is just like a anecdotal observation that they um, these animals that are standing to the side and looking uncomfortable may um, we notice as compared to other animals in the same area, they tend to look as though their pupils are constricted. So these are the, you know, we talked about rectangular pupils of goats in a previous episode. And these pupils, will they look smaller. And like this is as compared to other animals in the same location. So this shouldn't be a response to changing light. This should be a true change uh, like for another physiologic reason. So I'm picturing like a goat kid that's belly hurts. It stands off to the side of the group. It doesn't want a rough house. It doesn't want to bump into the other animals because that's uncomfortable. Uh, these guys tend to stand kind of with their legs up underneath them. So body posture is important. There's a, definitely a difference between a relaxed looking goat and an uncomfortable looking goat. And it can vary a little bit from individual to individual, but in general, uh, a stiff body posture, legs all underneath the body, reluctance to walk around, reluctance to touch other animals, those are all indicative of discomfort. Um, And I would say those are like the more subtle things to be aware of in your goats because like I said as prey species they try to hide those things 
uh, because they don't want to be perceived by predators, even though they don't really have predators. This is like the primitive part of the brain, the instinctual part of the brain that uh, is making them behave in this way. They don't consciously think that they have to act this way because there's a pack of coyotes or a lion or whatever. That's just part of what's hardwired into them as goats. So those are like very subtle things and those are things that a person without a lot of experience looking at goats and observing goats or for example a predator probably wouldn't notice either. They're good at hiding like subtle changes because they that's their primitive reptilian brain, their behavior, it's hardwired into them. As pain escalates, it is more difficult for them to hide it. So some kind of um, injury that causes a limp, that could be very obvious and noticeable. Um, some kind of discomfort that is so significant that the animal doesn't, like, is laying down and is not getting up. Like, that is a significant amount of pain and discomfort, and, like, from that predator-prey standpoint, it is going to make that animal a really easy meal. So that's why, like, if they are feeling so badly that they can't get up and move around, like, that's, that's not great. Um, yeah. So as the, sometimes these guys, and then like even more so, and this, a good example of this kind of pain could be like your blocked weather. Um, not being able to urinate is a very uncomfortable thing. And these guys tend to vocalize and it's something that is a fairly acute onset, uh, like a urinary blockage tends to happen. And, uh, it may be something that's built up to like, they became progressively blocked and the urine flow decreased and decreased and decreased. And then it stopped. Um, and then when that happens, that's very uncomfortable. So these guys may vocalize. And if you're thinking about that survival tactic again, like, vocalizing is not a good survival tactic for a prey species because then you're yelling oh hey here I am I'm uncomfortable come and eat me so vocalization is often a response to an acute pain and uh, like a significant pain because it's announcing to the world that something is wrong so those are kind of like a little bit about the general pain stuff and um, like how goats behave when they're in pain or discomfort. The, the other thing I wanted to talk about in this first part was that like why why should we care um, and I say that like that kind of tongue-in-cheek because as someone who cares very much about the comfort of my animals and the pain level of my patients um, like I care a lot just because like from an animal perspective they don't understand like they can't we can't communicate with them I've talked a lot about communication with us in this episode um that like we can't communicate with them oh I'm gonna do this thing and it's gonna make it better um we, we don't have that level of ability to communicate with our domestic species the 
the animal just knows that either it is in pain or it is not in pain. Animals are crazy. Like they see, they really seem to recover from painful things much more rapidly and easily than humans do. I think about like a dog spay or a cat spay. So that's like an ovario hysterectomy that's taking out the entire uterus and the ovaries. And in a human, that like that's major abdominal surgery. You're hospitalized. Some people are in the hospital for multiple days. Whatever. Or like a cesarean section. Like. A, Humans sure like get an epidural probably and are like under local, you know, local blocks and then the baby is cut out and but they're probably in the hospital for a few days. I don't know. Um, but like a cow cut a C-section where she's like standing up under mild sedation and a local block and then she's back, back to her thing. Um, so animals really seem to bounce back from these things more quickly and it's difficult to uh, assess what their pain level is. From a physiologic standpoint uh, and livestock in particular, uh, there's like there's studies out there now like how do we how can we measure and quantify what this painful procedure is doing to these animals so typically like because livestock you know like bucks and bulls and rams tend to get castrated um things get dehorned we have things that we do to our livestock species that make it easier for them to coexist with humans and each other uh, but sometimes those things are painful. So, like, castration is a good example, and there's multiple papers out there talking about castration and, um, like, banding versus a surgical castration. And what is that animal's cortisol level? So cortisol is the stress hormone, um, and if it's elevated, you can understand that that animal is under more stress. Uh, the the animal's cortisol level when there's a there's a couple good papers out there I think about like beef beef calves and uh, procedures like dehornings and castrations where they were either given anti-inflammatories after the procedure versus not. So some level of pain management versus not. And they did things like measure baseline cortisol level and did like behavior scoring of our, what are these animals doing after this procedure? Are they just laying around? Are they eating? Are they, what are they, what is their normal behavior? And then what are they doing after uh, the procedure and how has that changed? How has that changed if we try to mediate their pain with some medication versus not? So there's things that are, are measurable like blood cortisol levels and cortisol is elevated more in the patients that don't get pain management and how does that affect they're like so these are young animals that are growing and we want them to grow we want them to grow big and fast and strong and be all healthy and robust and the ones that are given pain management have lower cortisol and they their behaviors are more normal they're eating more they gain more weight in that period following the procedure the castration or the dehorning um and all of those things are good just from like a purely objective 
scientific and business oriented standpoint. Um, mediating that pain is good. I'll find some, I'm going to find some good papers about this. There's some, there's some like really good and compelling, uh, evidence-based medicine about mediating pain and inflammation in our livestock species. So that, I mean, aside all empathy for pain aside, like if you're just like, I want these animals to grow big and fast and I'm, then they go to slaughter and I get more money. Like you should help them be comfortable during that time. Um, because they're going to get there faster. You're going to make more money. And that sounds a little bit like, uh, cold, (laughs) uh, for lack of a better word, but like, you know, it's if it aligns, it's something that aligns with the the empathy, the sympathy for, that we have as humans for pain. So I think it's it's interesting, it's compelling. Uh, in general, I think the mindset of veterinary medicine is changing away from uh, like. The, your, the old school thought process behind some things like surgical procedures and whether you give pain medications after them was that no you don't because if the animal animal is painful it's going to lay around and be quiet and that's better for a post-operative period so like that dog spay that I was talking about it's better for that dog that uh, dog that just got spayed to chill for a multiple days like a week to two weeks after surgery and not run around like a crazy maniac puppy uh, because that is going to facilitate the healing process better but now we know these things about cortisol and stress and all of that as far as pain and inflammation and there's not there's not like that the benefit supposed benefit of preventing an animal from jumping around after like it's painful so it's not going to jump around after it got spayed that's not so much a thing really like as it used to be thought so the mindset is shifting and um it's very interesting i think I think that's most of the things I wanted to talk about in this first kind of overview. In the next uh, part of this, I'm going to talk about, um, like, inflammation and, like, the types of pain, I think, a little bit. I probably should review this a little bit more. Um, Like, inflammation versus, like, nerve pain. I'm going to talk more about chronic pain. Uh, I'm going to talk more specifically about, like, the legalities of treating food animals for pain and, like, what we've got for pain medications uh, and why why I do certain things in, in food animals and goats um, and why I don't do certain things that maybe make see, would seem to make sense. So that's going to be part two. I'm almost to the clinic. And uh, if you have any questions about this stuff, hit me up, goat.cara at gmail.com or find me through the website or the Instagram. And... Oh, I think I, there's going to, I mentioned this last episode, there's going to be some stickers and I'm going to have those available. I'm excited about them and uh, I'm on, 
I'm going to be at the new farm for the next few days, and I think they're supposed to arrive UPS today, so my husband's going to see them before me. I'm kind of jealous. But uh, well, those will, I'll be sharing those on online soon. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that there's going to be another episode about pain management. I mentioned previously that I have started working on uh, a series about parasites and parasite management. I think it's going to be a four-parter. Um, I'm doing a talk for the Southern Maine Dairy Goat Association in November about parasites and parasite management. So uh, I've got a double whammy there that I've really got to review and get my parasite stuff up on. Um, so that's that will be coming probably late September, early October. But Animal Pain Awareness Month has given me a little bit of a distraction here because it's something I'm totally into. Uh, I think that's going to do it for the moment. I will talk to you guys next time.